Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination Podcast. I'm Mark Vibbert, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! And today we have a special guest, uh, Darren Butters. Hello, everybody! Uh, Darren, you want to tell everybody what, what you do for a profession? That's pretty awesome. Uh, I am a character animator, a CG character animator at uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios, and I celebrate my 16th year at the company uh, this month. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank congrats. You. It is such a, an honor, and uh, I am so lucky, and I appreciate this job so much. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm too cool, you know, for, <laughs> for it. It's, uh, it, I, I, I enjoy every day, and it's great to go into a company and see stuff that you've never seen before. So... That's like that's one of the dream jobs. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, if anyone, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, we focus on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand drawn, computer generated, or stop motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion. Uh, so with that, we're gonna get into the new releases for this week. Did, did anyone get a chance to go check out uh, Nemo in 3D? And by that relation, see Party Source Rex. No, I haven't. Oh man. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't see that either. Uh, Nemo 3D was pretty good, pretty cool. Like I think adding the 3D elements to Nemo worked the best for that so far. Of like the kind of converted to 3D older animated films because of like all like the, like little particulates and stuff in the water, kind of adds to the three dimensions in that. And then Party Source Rex is awesome and it's another nice uh, toy story tune short and it, it's nice to see uh rex highlighted as 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 like opposed to like buzz and woody like we always get so that was a nice cool little thing too yeah is that going to be a serial type thing where kind of like the tomater um <laughs> shorts is that yeah, I, th gonna I think that's what they're on? they're doing is like the toy story tunes like they did the hawaiian vacation one with with uh Barbie and Ken, and then they did the small fry one where Buzz uh, got left behind at a fast food place and right. got switched for the fast food toy. So I think they're supposed to do a f maybe like two more of these. So okay. should we interesting see what the rest of those are. Uh, and then from there, we have the, the new trailers that came out this week. And you're probably uh, kind of biased, I guess, when it would come to this one because the new Wreck-It Ralph theatrical trailer came out. Yes, our second trailer came out, and it uh, paints even a broader picture of the world, uh, or the worlds, I guess, uh, that you see in, in Wreck-It Ralph, uh, kind of giving you a, uh, a glimpse at uh, more of the characters and uh, maybe giving away a few of the jokes. But uh, <laughs> you gotta, you got to get people in the theaters, and I hope that uh, this generates enough interest that uh, it'll have them coming in in droves. Definitely. I liked it a lot, and I was excited to, to see... Well, I know my son was excited to see Sonic in, in the trailer uh -huh. this time. Oh, yeah. People... Uh, it, it was it was funny to see uh, uh, Richmore go to the uh, Sega uh, extravaganza and show Wreck-It Ralph, and they, they showed some of uh, their game with uh, Ralph in uh, the game, and people were going nuts. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a perfect uh, 
CG animation nerds and uh, gamer nerds uh, finally coming together. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Sonic Sonic really brings me back. I remember that when I was like five years old. So this just looks, you know, the trailer looks awesome. I can't (laughs) wait to see it. Yeah, I was glad it kind of showed a little bit more of the story in there. And although the only thing is, I think probably all of the um, the bad guy anonymous <laughs> scene is probably in that trailer. Oh, the uh, yeah, yeah, bad non. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we showed the entire sequence at uh, Comic Con, I believe. Oh. And uh, it plays really well. It uh, it's uh, it's a great way to start the movie. And uh, it kind of introduces you to the whole arc of the, or you know, the struggle that Ralph is is facing, and uh, it's kind of his backstory. Cool. Well, I'm definitely interested to see Rick Ralph, and can't wait until it's no- November second, right? Yeah, and I can't wait to see it either because there are huge chunks of the movie that I haven't seen yet huh. because we were so uh, concentrated. We we were. <laughs> We really tried to squeeze this thing out in in a few months, and uh, I was so focused on my own work that there were a lot of scenes that, and a lot of sequences that I have no idea what what it's, what they look like. <laughs> so I'm very excited to uh, and and it'll be great because a lot of times I sit uh, and see every scene and know every problem that happened with it, oh, and every animator that's associated with it. And then you go to the movie, and you're just seeing it again. But uh, this way, I'll go in, I'll be surprised, and it'll be like seeing the movie for the first time. Yeah, that's always awesome. the best too. So like, you haven't had like the movie that you've been putting all of your your hard work into, like almost I don't know, I guess somewhat ruined for you because you've seen that scene over and over again, and then now you're finally watching oh, it. But yeah, when when I was on uh, Dinosaur. Uh, back in the 1990s, uh, <laughs> we went to every dailies. Every morning, we went to every dailies and saw everybody's shot for every every scene of the movie. And you really can't watch the movie now without saying, "Oh yeah, that's that animator. That's that animator. This is the problem they were having in this shot. Uh, this never got approved, uh, you know, the way they wanted it. Blah blah blah." And and you really can't separate yourself, but uh, I find that now that I haven't associated that with every shot, it, uh, <laughs> I can enjoy the movie more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always good. All right, so with that, we're going to get into the news. Uh, first bit of news is Jenny Tartarkovsky is still trying to make his Samurai Jack movie. Uh, and Matt, did you ever watch... Samurai Jack when it was on at all? I do remember Samurai Jack. It was awesome. It was really cool. I think they should really try and push to make that a movie. I mean, I remember it being awesome. Like, just, like, the the stylized, like, motion and, like, all, like, the graphics, you know, flying at you on the screen were really cool. Definitely. Uh, and then, like, uh, this bit of news came up because uh, Jenny Tartakovsky has Hotel Transylvania coming out next week. And hopefully that does well for him, so he can make the Samurai Jack movie, like where like studios will trust him with like a, you know, like a big animated movie, and then he can do that. Like I mean, he's already won multiple like Emmys for when he did the the Clone Wars 
animated series, the the micro series from back in between episode two and three. So the basic synopsis of Samurai Jack was in the distant past, a Japanese samurai embarked on a mission to defeat the evil shape-shifting wizard Aku. But before he can complete his task, he's catapulted thousands of years into the future and finds himself in a world where Aku now enjoys complete power over every living thing. Dubbing himself Jack, he sets out on a new quest to right the wrongs that have been done by his enemy and to find a way back to his own time so he can destroy the evil ones and for all. So, I mean, definitely if they made a film of that, that would that lends itself to being kind of an epic animated film. So I'd be yeah. interested in watching that. And the animation style for that was awesome. Is kind of like, if, if you have watched the Clone Wars series and Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Laboratory, it's kind of like a mixture of all those different animation styles within Samurai Jack. So it's definitely got a cool style to it all of its own. And then this next next thing uh, kind of uh, hurts our Matt's and mine's childhood. Of uh, Waterman Entertainment is going to remake Brave Little Toaster as a live action CG hybrid film. So I, I know Matt wants to share some of his thoughts. Thoughts. I don't this. understand that. How are they going to do? That better be amazing if they're going to try and put. Live action. I mean, Brave Little Toaster is a talking toaster. You're yeah. gonna make a live action film like with CG? With a CG I toaster. I don't know. And I'm wondering if they're gonna have like all the other CG, uh, like all the other like elements from the movie in CG too. You know, like the lamp and yeah, and the the vacuum cleaner and. I mean, I guess it could be cool, like if they're kind of like you know, like trans. It's like a Transformers movie, but with like household appliances. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, and then, and then we'll actually, okay, this was originally the the Brave Little Toaster was the first film John Lasseter actually wanted to turn into a fully computer animated feature before he left Disney, and and then Hyperion took over that movie. So it would have been interesting, I guess. Maybe we'll now actually see. I don't not exactly, but like what the toaster would have looked like as a three D rendered object as opposed to. The, the 2D thing that he was. And um, yeah. Joe Ramp worked on the, the original animated film, so I don't know. Maybe if it does yeah. well to do live action remakes of the other ones too, like The Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue. and <laughs> Wasn't The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars too? What? Yeah, I think they're... <laughs> yeah. I, I only ever saw the first one, but... Yeah, so... Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see whether they go hyper-realistic or try and put some sort of character into the realism. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And I don't remember if we talked about this at all, but they're doing kind of that same thing with Alf, uh, how Alf was a, a puppet oh, wow. in the 80s. Now they're going to be doing a live-action CG hybrid with, with Alf instead. So that should be interesting to see what, what Alf looks like as a CG. Because, I mean, I feel like he should be a puppet still then too, because yeah, for the same reason like Kermit or like Fozzie or Gonzo or Piggy would look weird CG. That's yeah, why you should. I mean, that's why you shouldn't make Elf CG. They they keep you know they just came out with the uh you know the Muppets movie recently yeah and they kept them all puppets because that's you know how they were and it's just like I feel like you should keep Elf as Elf because it's not Elf without you know the puppet like aspect and there's just a whole way of filming and shooting things you know that you can't well that you can do more with CG but it just 
it ruins it for me. It, it would be nice if the the elf movie kind of picked up where like the the series left off and kind of kind of gave you finally some resolution to what happened to him because the series finale to that show was like a super downer ending with all the yeah. downer endings this week. <laughs> like we're like the spoiler alert, the government finds elf and like the show ends with him surrounded by them. And you're like, Oh cool. So they're pretty much going to bring him in, like dissect him and everything. <laughs> but yeah. So weird segue into elf there, but the, <laughs> The, the next thing on our bit of news is DreamWorks Animation has revealed an unprecedented 12-picture slate, which this is essentially more or less, they're going to be releasing three films a year for the next few years, which that that is pretty daring of a thing to do. The, the titles that are going to be coming out, there's like what we talked about, uh, the, the Croods is going to be coming out next year. There's a film called... Uh, B-O-O, Bureau of Otherworldly Operations, which is uh, going to star Seth Rogen voicing a character in that. And I, I kind of was wondering if this might end up being some sort of like a spinoff of Monsters vs. Aliens. Maybe, I don't know. Because oh, yeah. maybe Bob will be in it and Seth Rogen is that character. <laughs> but it might just be like a completely different thing. Uh, and then the other things are uh, and that will be coming out November 6, 2015. How to Train Your Dragon 3 is coming out June 18, 2016. Jeez. Uh, uh, Crudes is next year in March. Turbo, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, we spoke to that. <laughs> uh, July of next year. Mr. Peabody and Sherman, November of next year. Uh, Me and My Shadow, which I'm really looking forward to, comes out in March of 2014. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 comes out june of 2015 so we're gonna get two sequels to that like a year after each other mm-hmm. uh the trolls which i'm not sure if that's supposed to be like an adaptation of like the trolls from the 90s you know like those little naked things with the really uh syndrome hair oh man uh but that comes out in june of 2015 mumbai musical december of 2015 and then kung fu panda 3 March 18th, 2016. All right, I'm looking forward to Kung Fu Panda 3, because those in that series I I really like, but we'll see what happens with these other ones. And have you got a chance to check out Dragons, the Riders of Burke yet? Oh, I haven't. uh, I watched the first episode, and it should, I think it's still free on iTunes, but if it's not, sorry. But if it's on there, definitely download it, check it out. the first episode, at least, and from what I can see from IMDb, which take that with a grain of salt because people can edit IMDb, is that uh, uh, Jay Basharel is doing the voice of Hiccup. Basically, everybody does their voice in the series except for Jonah Hill, Gerard Butler, and Craig Ferguson. But other than that, everybody that was in the film that did their voice is actually doing their voice in the series, too. So that was a nice surprised because i was just expecting to hear people that didn't sound anything like half the characters so i mean it stinks that some of the actors that did them in the movie aren't doing it but i'll take the the 80 percent that we did get for the show and the animation for being tv doesn't look that much worse (laughs) like it looks a lot better than the madagascar animated series or the kung fu panda animated series 
yeah. looks it looks more on par with with the films themselves. So cool. definitely check that out. Uh, and then from there, we're going to get into our recommendations for the week. My recommendation uh, is for a short animated film called Alma by Rodrigo Blas, which is this kind of short little uh, thing with this little girl. She's walking down an alleyway, and she sees a, a there's a wall that has a bunch of names on it, and she writes her name on it. And then she turns around and sees a doll that looks almost exactly like her, so she tries to get in the shop that it's in. And... The animation, it was pretty cool. It's got a kind of a interesting style to it. And it's it's more along the lines of Empire Strikes Back and then it's got a downer ending to it. <laughs> and then it's it's creepy, too. So It's a little creepy. I, I like it. It's pretty neat. Yeah, so if you're creeped out by dolls, you might, it might be scary for you. But uh, <laughs> but it does have a... It is interesting, and then it does have that kind of cool ending to it, but it is also like a downer ending, so... Definitely check it out, and we'll have the link to it in our show notes. Nice. Yep, and uh, my recommendation for the week is Lightheaded by uh, Mike Daco. And uh, his description of the short film, it's a CG uh, short film. And uh, his description of it is, uh, Lightheaded is a journey we take with temperature-sensitive candle creatures who sacrifice what they know to become who they are. So it, it's like a, it's got like a really deep meaning to it. Um, I really like it. Just like the the style um, and the, the way it's like rendered is really cool. Um, the character animation's great. Um, it's it's really cool because like all the characters are like made out of wax and they need like the fire to survive. And if they go you know like away from the fire, they like crumple up and die. So it's it's really neat. Still, it's almost kind of a downer too. I don't know. It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we picked we picked depressing shorts this week apparently. <laughs> but it's it's a really cool animation. The music is is really neat that comes along uh that's incorporated into it. So uh I, I really uh would suggest if you you're into that, go check it out. Cool. Uh, and then Darren, do you have any animated stuff that you would want to share with us at all? Uh well, again, this is kind of biased, but uh I think you got to see Paperman. Um, yeah, we're really looking forward to Paperman. Paperman, the short that uh, is luckily coming out in front of Wreck-It Ralph, so uh, you can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, Wreck-It, uh, Paperman is the short directed by John Cars. It is uh, a film that he's been trying to make for a decade, and uh, it is a CG uh, 2D hybrid uh, using some uh, technology that we developed in-house for uh, in-betweening uh, brush strokes for, oh, wow. for the 2D drawovers. And it's not, it's not CG with a 2D rotoscope. It's so much more than that. And if you watch the making of at, at any of the SIGGRAPH or the... Uh, I don't know, CTN or, or any of these things that you go to, you'll be blown away. I've, I say this every time. If you don't know, if you're not blown away by what you see on the screen, you don't know what you're looking at. You're, you're you know, it's, there is so much going on to make this uh, incredible imagery that there's so many layers. And when they, when they pull it apart and say, we started with this, 
then we go to this and then we draw this and then the software does this it it's it's not like somebody telling you that how a magic trick is done and then you're like oh is that all <laughs> it makes it even a better trick you're like wait a minute what <laughs> you went on every frame and you uh you know it, it I, I can't even explain it it's so uh, incredible but uh the great thing is all of this beautiful art direction animation and uh everything is on top of a a great story and it is a it's not a downer ending yeah. it's, a, it's a sweet uh sweet love story and uh i really think that people are going to enjoy seeing new technology uh with some uh disney craftsmanship as far as the 2d uh cleanup and that's character awesome. yeah, i think that's one of the shorts or yeah the shorts i've been looking forward to most this year like that and la luna were the the two that are, i was really looking forward to and that that's going to make it another reason just to go see wreck it ralph like you said just like you'll, you'll get wreck it ralph and paperman so you get that awesome experience of watching both yeah. those films and I'm excited to see if, hopefully, if we get more movies done in that style like Paperman was done, because I think that that style is kind of a cool new wave where it's kind of essentially amalgamating the the traditional 2D hand-drawn animation and the, like what everybody uses now of the CG animation and, like, smushing them together and coming yeah. up with something that's just as equally as beautiful as both those types of animation. So. And smushing it together in an appealing way yeah. instead of <laughs> let's do this because we need to come up with a new look or something. It's, it's, uh, it's done in a very tasteful, uh, purposeful way instead of, eh, hey, here's something new, <laughs> you know, just for the sake of it. Awesome. All right, so with that, it's t I guess time to get into the interview proper. Um, uh -oh. <laughs> uh, so to kind of start start off, what inter interested you about getting into animation in the first place? I uh, I've always been a performer. Uh, I started out uh, as a child in uh, you know the school play and and uh, community theater. Uh, I'm from the from the wilderness of Nebraska and uh, there's not a lot of Hollywood in the Midwest and you have to uh, for, a, for a kid like me who craves applause you had to come up with different ways to perform or to, to seek that uh, audience and uh, so if I wasn't performing in school or uh, with the, the theater uh, I was doing magic shows. I was doing ventriloquist shows. I, I, uh, you know, most kids have like a paper route or they mow lawns to make money. I had a puppet show and a magic show and I would travel around and, and do, you know, 30 minutes for 30 bucks. I'll entertain your, uh, boy scout troop or your kid's birthday party. Or, you know, I was the local magician for hire. And that is my basis for, for the animation, is, is the, the wanting to perform part. I've always been uh, drawing. I've always been uh, doing flip books 
in uh, you know pads of paper and stuff like that and once once desktop computing came along uh, I started messing around with well I worked at a t-shirt place doing designs in Adobe Illustrator and uh, Illustrator 88 by the way which was the first oh, wow. uh, yeah yeah oh, wait <laughs> <laughs> and then I started when they came out with um, what was it called uh, Macromedia Director which is like the great grandfather to Flash Oh yeah, oh, I, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I started playing around with that, and uh, then I then I got uh, to compact computers in Houston, and compact computer. I, I was doing illustrations for the boxes or uh, diagrams for manuals, and. At night, I was coming in and teaching myself soft homage on the SIGGRAPH, uh, on the SIGGRAPH, on the <laughs> Silicon Graphics machine they had. Uh, and so I kind of was teaching myself how to do this and do some multimedia things for them. I got into their multimedia department. I, uh, I was doing advertising. Uh, you know, I, I, did, I did stuff like that, little stick figures that I built myself. And I made a videotape back when videotapes were around. And uh, they sent me to SIGGRAPH in New Orleans. And I brought a bag of videotapes and went to all the interview suites. And I went to Pixar. I went to, I don't think DreamWorks was around then, uh, you know, Sony, Disney. And I went to Disney's suite. They were working on Fantasia 2000. They were looking for uh, computer animators, and they were ramping up for a movie called Dinosaur. I showed Eric Layton my reel. He was the animation supervisor, and he 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 looked at my reel and said, uh, uh, "Okay, I'm not I'm not too jazzed about your animation, but I do see that you were in theater." And you like to perform, and you did magic, and all of this stuff. Uh, I'd like to hire you as an assistant on Dinosaur uh, because I think you have something to show people. You want to act, you want to perform, and we can teach any fool uh, the computer, but what's hard to find are people who are fluent in the computer and have a desire to act or to perform. And so that, uh, that's kind of how I got into uh, animation and at the same time uh, got my first job. So Nice. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah it was that... kind of a, a, a route that most people that you talk to these days don't have, you know, where, hey, you go, you get out of school, you go to Ringling, you... <laughs> uh, work in a video or a VFX shop, and then you know it's a it was kind of a a different road. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's just it's interesting because I see like that's a lot like what I've done to get to where I'm at right now. Because I work as like kind of multimedia over at Fisher Price, and it's like I'm gonna be a nerd here in a bit. I did magic shows as well when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's really cool just listening to your story and how you know you got to where you're at. Um, is there was there ever like a point where 
you were just you were at like a desk where you're working at and you're like holy crap this is it like this is what i'm doing and this is what i love to do yeah you're talking about once i made once i got to disney oh yeah like like the first point you were just like oh my god like i made it i'm an animator now this is great yeah when i came on to dinosaur there was this giant production uh pre-production schedule we don't have any work for you guys to do. We're building the models. We're, we're getting ready for this. We're still writing the story. So what we want you guys to do is go to the zoo every day and draw the rhinoceros. And the, uh, <laughs> we're going to take you to an ostrich farm where you can interact with the ostriches. Uh, we're going to have improv classes and uh, drawing classes. And you get to go to the museum. We're going to take you backstage at Disneyland to see the robotic dinosaurs, all this stuff. And I was like, yay, (laughs) this is incredible. And it was a really nice production to start on because I, it, it was not a rushed production schedule and they were, they didn't know what to do with us CG people. And so they really took care of us and tried to nurture us. And I was learning, you know, I, I hadn't gone to animation school, so I was learning this on the job. And that was a great movie to do it on because I had the time, I got mentors, I got uh, classes. It, it was really, really the perfect in for me. I, I was at the right place at the right time i think and that was that was disney's more or less for the, for the most part first cg animated film too wasn't it yeah it was kind of a a hybrid of live action backgrounds with uh, cg characters and they were realistic characters which I, i'm not sure disney knew what to do with because they're a cartoon company they they know how to make a doll of a princess and and uh, market that, but it they don't you know it was like uh, we uh, what do we do with these lizards? Do 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 kids like lizards? You know, <laughs> and uh, so I even though it didn't do as well at the box office or wasn't you know critical critically acclaimed movie, I think it was a breakthrough for the studio, and we got a lot of the people, the technical people that we have today right so and then there's a pretty cool ride at animal kingdom yeah so. i actually did some animation there uh at the end i think you're walking through and there's a there's a surveillance camera oh, yeah. and it shows uh aladar walking through the hallways and i did some of that animation uh awesome nice. but i've never been on that ride <laughs> <laughs> Like I remember, it was originally called Countdown to Extinction, which which was a really cool name, and then they just changed it to Dinosaur, so it'd be more, I guess. <laughs> fixed right, that's like with the that's like saying Bambi would be uh, How I Lost My Mom, you yeah. know, or yeah, Countdown to Extinction. I want to go on that ride. <laughs> how was um talking about eight legged freaks now? Um, how was how was your experience working on uh, working with that, and how is it uh, how is it compared to to the standard animation you work at, like at Disney right now? I went on to Eight Legged Freaks, I think after uh, what movie was that after? 
I may have worked on uh, Magic Lamp for um, the park in Japan. Okay. Uh, there was a 3D genie ride, and it was great going from realistic dinosaurs to Eric Goldberg's uh, genie. <laughs> it's like night and day. I, I got laid off and had to find work for six months. I went over to Centropolis and worked on Eight-Legged Freaks, the, the wonderful David Arquette uh, vehicle. But Scarlett Johansson was in that, too. I, I want to... Oh, I want to oh, let you know. Nice. I've, I remember I that. I like to think that I've worked with Scarlett Johansson <laughs> in a roundabout six degrees kind of way. Uh, but that was my first, uh, well, it was my second animation job, I guess I could say. And it was a visual effects place. And it was very different from what I was used to. At Disney, you talk directly to the director, and he gives you the notes. And at a visual effects house, I don't know if this is still the case, but you talk to the animation supervisor or the visual effects supervisor or the producer or the assistant director. Rarely do you get to talk directly to the director. And that was driving me crazy. Hmm. And getting direction from 16 different people all conflicting on what needs to happen in this shot was <laughs> making me upset. And I would tell the other guys, oh, this is just so frustrating. And they'd be like, well, you're not at Disney now. Oh. You're not at your studio now. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> right, okay, I, I understand. But there, there's, a, there's a process in place at visual effects studios that... Uh, from from in my opinion is kind of uh, you know maybe it's the, that's the way it has to be, but in my opinion it could be a lot more uh, streamlined. I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen. It drove me crazy. I was only there for like six months, and then got right back into Disney uh, to work on Chicken Little. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I I wasn't too excited about. Uh, being there, uh, and you know, it it wasn't acting. I had some shots in the movie where the giant spider gets sprayed by some perfume and starts choking, and you know, it was like, oh, okay, this is as close to acting as I'm gonna get here. Uh, I better embrace this, and then uh, and then got back uh, to performing, which I think is my strong point uh, back at Disney. Nice. I, and then I guess kind of segueing from that, uh, like you kind of just spoke a little bit like how the process was there. What's the animation process like at Walt Disney Animation Studios from like the pre-production to actually working on the film to the post-production on it? Uh, the pre-production is the, uh, the most interesting part, I think, because you are really trying to find out what this movie is you're trying to nail the the appeal uh the palette the uh how these characters are going to move one example in Wreck-It Ralph uh there is the way they move in the Felix Fix-It Felix Jr. machine then they move differently over at Hero's Duty 
uh, we had to figure out, normally, like on Tangled, you figure out everybody needs to fit into this one world. And all these animators need to animate to a style that fits in this one world. And in Wreck-It Ralph, it was, we have five different worlds. First, we need to figure out how they move in those worlds. Then you guys have to figure out how you're going to make them move in these. It, it was uh, just on the animation uh, pre-production part. It was uh, it was probably the most difficult movie uh, that I've worked on there. Uh, and then you uh, there, there's this ramp up time where you kind of get to know the director. You kind of get to know what they're looking for. The first sequence that you're issued in the movie is kind of a like a date where you're trying to figure out what the director wants. You're trying to learn how to communicate with them, how learn what they what they're trying to tell you. Uh, you know, are they going to blow smoke and say, oh, this looks great, and then hate it? Or are they going to say, this looks terrible, you're ruining the movie, you know, to your face? <laughs> and then you can be like, oh, okay, now I respect you for being so direct. Uh, not that <laughs> I'm being a little extreme here. But uh, you, you're kind of, it's a courtship. And you're also you're also trying to figure out how this character moves and how uh, what the rules are. Uh, by the end of the movie, you are like a uh, well-oiled machine. Everybody's on track. Everybody knows what the director is doing. Your blocking pass is anticipating notes that you would get from the director, and it goes uh, it, it goes pretty slick. And like I said, the difference between uh, a lot of studios, uh, I think, is the the closeness between the animator and the and the director. Uh, there's there's not a it, when Lassiter and Catmull came on, they took out a lot of the middle, the middlemen. You know, we need the artist that's putting stuff on the screen to be able to talk to the guy whose vision it is, uh, and 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 take out all of the cooks in the kitchen, and make sure that it's exactly what needs to needs to happen more efficiently. And I think a, a great environment to work in. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that makes a ton of sense. I, I run into some of the same issues when I'm, I'm working also. It's, it's nice when there's fewer cooks in the kitchen and they're like, you know, you need to be doing this. And then someone else says, Hey, you know what? Maybe it should look like this, but then they're higher up than this other person. So it's like, you have to change it. And then you're making changes for a person and they don't even know it. And they're the one requesting the project. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> And so. one thing that would always drive me nuts is you would get a note from a manager or something and they would they would say, I think it should go like this. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, that's your opinion and your preference. As soon as I take an entire day to change what I have and then show it to the director and he says, No, 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 what are you doing? You yeah. fool. <laughs> And I'm the fool because I tried to please everybody. And you get just, caught in the funnel. Oh man! And you're and because you're at the bottom, you're the one who uh, 
<laughs> get stepped on. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So, um, so like moving on um, from that. So, is it um, a little bit different when you're making uh, like feature films other than like shorts? Do you have like tighter deadlines on like the shorts and like the more time when you're doing features? Yeah, I would say the timeline. Everything's smaller. Your schedule, mm -hmm. your budget, but because you're working on a smaller project, the crew is smaller, and there's more face time, there's more intimacy between the artists, and things, things actually happen faster and easier on a short. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like how yeah. Pixar rose to power. You know, they were, they were a small, sleek company making shorts and everybody knew each other and everybody could talk to each other and it just uh it just blossomed like that right and uh working on shorts or television shows it's you see the director maybe two or three times a day and you're able to move right along uh right along the path everything is in place you can walk down the hall and say i need my camera changed for this shot and it happens at your desk, and then you you can move on. It's uh yeah, like I said, everything is everything is smaller and faster. So it's uh it it, it it's not nicer, but <laughs> it's uh it's refreshing. It's it's great to be you know have worked on a say a tangled and busted your butt for a year on a feature film, and then be able to have fun doing a Tangled Ever After, you already know the characters, uh, you already know the directors, and yeah, it's a, it's, it's refreshing. It's like nice. a break. Yeah, I, I really liked the, the prep and landing specials and then the Tangled Ever After. I thought those were awesome. Is there any plans, or do you know if there's any plans for there to be more prep and landing specials or more Tangled Ever After shorts at all? Um, I don't know. Uh, I... I don't really know. Uh, I, I liked working on the prep and landing stuff. Doing stuff for TV uh, was a, a nice uh, change, even though we didn't really change anything as far as our quality control or anything. But uh, uh, it was it was nice. And Tangled Ever After, I'm not sure if... Uh, I, I think we've, we've given the audience something after Tangled yeah. to have fun with. I think we would move on to, you know, if we, I haven't heard of any, doing any shorts for Wreck-It Ralph, but I don't see how, how you couldn't. <laughs> Everybody kind of wants to see a little bit more of those characters uh, and what world they live in. So I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but uh, I hope it happens. Cool. Well, I guess awesome. everyone can keep their fingers crossed. Exactly. Is the animation process for like on the CG uh, animated films that are going to be put out in theaters in three different from the films that you've worked on that are just, I guess, quote-unquote shot in 2D that are going to be put out in theaters like that, or is it just kind of a thing on the computer that does the dual image? Uh, I would like to say there's no difference, um, but the 3D department would... <laughs> would greatly disagree. <laughs> I would say that it's almost seamless. There's very few shots that we really have to to watch out for. When you're working in three dimensions, uh, or, or for a 3D movie is what I mean, 
there's a cone from the screen to the viewer's eyes. The, the screen would be zero, and then it would come out a foot and get smaller, come out another foot, get smaller, and it, and it ends at a point in the viewer's eyes. So anything that comes out at the screen has to actually get smaller and closer together as it comes out toward the viewer. So if you have a character, uh, I did a shot in Bolt where Dr. Calico right. has the syringe and it comes out in 3D and they wanted, th this was a shot that they were like, okay, now you do have to be careful and try not to break the, the proscenium and try and get it out there. And I had to scale the hand down so that it would fit into that cone as it wow. went out to the viewer's eyes. And the syringe had to be scaled down. I, I would say the process isn't any different on any given shot for the animator unless it's a 3D, a quote 3D moment hmm. where something is flying out at the screen and they are like, you know what, this would be really great for, uh, for us to kind of boost that effect. But um, if it's a 3D movie that's actually shown in like the 3D rides, like uh, Mickey's Philharmagic, I think was 3D. It's a ride in Disney World. Uh, and that has to be tailored specifically for, for that venue. Okay. And um, the genie thing, you know, it, making a 3D ride is very specific. But as far as the day-to-day -day, uh, animated shot in, say, Wreck-It Ralph, no. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't affect us a whole lot. Uh, I would say for the effects people or the composite people, I'm, I have no idea. But for the animators, we're like, eh, somebody will make it in 3D. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So can I ask you, um, what type of software do you use? Is it like uh, proprietary or like Maya or something like that that you use? We animate, like in, we animate in Maya. Um, uh -huh. then there's a bunch of, uh, proprietary plugins that we use, uh, a bunch of stuff that has been written, tools that have been written specifically for our process. Uh, and that's in the animation department. I'm not sure exactly what other departments are using, uh, as uh -huh. far as, um, compositing or lighting or, uh, modeling. Um, but yeah, we're we're Maya right now. I don't I don't sure. know what if there's going to be anything that changes on that. Yeah, I I use Maya a lot uh, where I work, and I actually teach uh, students uh, Maya as well. So it, it's just nice to hear that you know at major studios like Disney that they they use that type of software. So that's cool. yeah yeah Maya's great. It it delivers uh, and it does pretty much everything and the people at Maya are very good with working with us for changing something that we need specifically for our our pipeline uh yeah it's great very cool awesome. so um going on uh kind of off on a tangent here um so would you like to see or like maybe be a part of if there's like a resurgence of all this like 2d uh, hand-drawn animation uh I would like to see that Sure, I think uh, I think everybody would. 
um, be a part of it. I uh, I don't have the craftsmanship. I don't have the art uh, chops to uh, animate in 2D. I, I, it's like a magic trick to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you guys go because you're awesome at it. Um, and But I, I kind of think I am kind of a part of it as far as like Paper Man and stuff. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I would love to see it come back. I, I don't think it... I don't think it's going away. I think because people forget about Princess and the Frog and Winnie the Pooh and, uh, you know, some of the shorts that were, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's still around. It's just, uh, you have to pick the right medium to tell your story. That's one thing that, uh, is big at Disney. If, if the director wants to do it in 2d, and they think that it'll make it'll tell the story better in 2D than they get to do it in 2D. Um, but I think more and more people are seeing the advantages and the speed and the um, that CG is getting the appeal that uh, 2D animation always had. Yeah. But um, I I would love to see it, and I think. You know, oh man, all these people that said, "Oh, Tangled" would have been so much better in two D. <laughs> it's like, well, sure, yeah, it would be a different movie. Yeah, and right. uh, <laughs> it's like saying, "Oh man, oh, Star Wars should have been black and white," <laughs> because yeah. that's black and white movies. They used to make movies in black and white, and oh, I just wish it was in black and white. It's like, well, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would love to see it because those guys, uh, uh, people at, at Disney, uh, Eric Goldberg and uh, Nick Ranieri and all those guys that are just craftsmen and and so good at what they do, uh, I'm, I'm in awe and I love all their stuff. And I just, uh, I just hope they keep having projects that uh, uh, show off that craftsmanship. Nice. Uh, Very cool. And I guess kind of going from that, um, so far, like from all the different films you've worked on since you've you've been at Disney, what has been your favorite production to have worked on there? Oh like... man. Um, <laughs> or is it like like picking your picking a child? <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's kind of like I, I don't know. I each one of the pictures have something incredible that I learned uh, throughout uh, on that picture. Like I said, dinosaur was a great first picture for me because uh, I was learning on the job and I had plenty of time to learn. And my mentors were so giving. Uh, Chicken Little was a great experiment in stretch and squash and snappy uh animation uh meet the robinsons was a working with uh steve anderson and uh just really pushing some of the the characters in that was so much fun and uh bolt was uh our first full movie after the pixar uh after lassiter came in and said this is how we're doing it (laughs) <laughs> and that changed 
so much. It was so nice to see things really moving in a great direction on Bolt. And, uh, but I think my favorite would be Tangled. Uh, working directly with Glenn Keane and uh, having, having, uh, I don't know, gotten rid of some of our uh, production problems and really getting in the groove. Uh, there was a big, with, with Glenn Keane at the helm, uh, there was a huge uh, focus on appeal. And that's not something that we really focused on, you know, being able to get the model and the rig from, from those departments, animate it, and then realize that there's something that could be better and being able to be, to send it back and say, let's change it. And then they would change it and then we would animate it. And then it would be like, oh, okay, this is much better. Can we get this too? And then they would change the rig and that back and forth uh was something that was uh vital to the success of being able to animate those characters and glenn Keane is uh one of the meanest guys <laughs> that's such a tyrant and so uh angry and such a no he's one of the nicest uh people that you will ever meet and he is so giving and so uh uh he's just beaming i don't know he's beaming with love i don't know is that too weird no that's a good way to put it (laughs) he loves uh his job he loves his craft he loves seeing you do a good job he uh, loves the people that he works with, and uh, it, it, he was incredible to 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 learn from, and uh, to to have him draw over your frame and say, oh, you know what, we can we can push this pose here, we can you know improve this line, uh, we can snap up this uh, you know, and just to ha- just to watch him. Uh, plus your scene was incredible. Like I said, uh, Wreck-It Ralph was probably one of the hardest ones because we had so many different styles of animation and the schedule was, uh, you know, very tight. Uh, but, and and Paper Man is something I'm very proud to be a part of. Uh, but yeah, I think Tangled was probably one of the, one of the most incredible experiences. And... Uh, uh, Nathan Greno's direction, uh, Byron Howard and Nathan Greno were the directors and Nathan would keep telling us less, less. <laughs> we would, we would block out a scene and he'd be like, okay, this is great, but can you do it with less movement, <laughs> more subtle acting, um, more, if, if you go through and watch it, it's, it's, uh, it's not over animated. It's very reserved. And a lot of the stuff is very subtle. And that's something that we hadn't, uh, hadn't really explored or trusted, I think. So, uh, that was probably one of my favorite experiences at Disney. Cool. And you, you started working on frozen now too, right? 
Uh, yeah, just uh, just barely. So I I don't have. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. It's uh, I, I I can't go wrong with Kristen Bell and Indina Bazell yeah, and so. uh, Bobby Lopez writing the music. Uh, it's it's going to be great. Chris I'll be part of that next year too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that that sounds amazing. Um, so uh, while you're like while you're animating, um, uh-huh. and this is from kind of like my experience, um, I because I've worked you know like cubicles away from you know animators before, and is has there ever been like a scene or like a line of dialogue that you've played over and over and you've like you've animated to, and has there is there like any scene that's just like burned into the back of your brain that you've just heard over and over so many times, anything like that? Um, <laughs> we were just talking about this the other day. Uh, some uh, Steve Buckley, who was an animator on on um, on Dinosaur, uh, mm-hmm. we were outside of Jason Ryan's office, and Jason Ryan uh, was animating a scene in Dinosaur where he says, "Maybe you can feed them with your hide. <laughs> Maybe you can feed them with your hide." Oh man! Maybe you can feed them with your and it was over and over and over again, <laughs> and um, he didn't have any headphones or anything, and we just, <laughs> we didn't want to bother him because he was animating, but we just kept repeating that line over and over again. It was so yeah, and there are there are lines of dialogue. Uh, my office mate uh, John Wong, who was a great animator, uh, he has. Uh, we're both we're we're both able to quote each other's scenes that <laughs> yeah. we've worked on because yeah you you uh you hear lines of dialogue hundreds of times and it's uh it's uh it's grating yeah. but like i said I, it, it's yeah it's uh it, i could be in a worse line of work i guess that's right. if that's one of the worst things about my job oh goodness it, yeah not too bad then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you have to listen to dialogue over and over again. You poor, poor man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and then I guess, kind of like I don't know. It's a weird segue though. But uh, what are some of the things you kind of do for like hobbies in your free time when you're not at Disney? Um, I uh, teach improv teach theatrical improv at uh, Bang Studios here in Hollywood. Uh, it's, nice. Uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's a good way to uh, blow off steam, make stuff up, um, make bad choices. Uh, make mistakes, get messy. <laughs> just get to play. And it's like recess, basically. You know, when you, when you got to just go and make stuff up. Uh, it's, it, and I think it, it helps in the, uh, the animation, or I guess any business. You get to work on team building. You get to work on listening, trusting <laughs> others, uh, plussing ideas, stuff like that. Uh, I have a three-year-old daughter, a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and uh, that girl has taken up all of my spare time lately. Uh, any spare time I have, I, I like spending it with her. So... It's funny, I haven't been out to see a lot of animated movies. I haven't been out to see a lot of anything uh, in the last three years. Um, but uh, she is um, probably 
my biggest hobby. So nice. Yeah, I've awesome. effectively been making my son a, a geek over the the past six and a half years or so. so. <laughs> Uh, another thing I like to do, oh I'm sorry go on oh I was just gonna say like he's he's huge into Star Wars and Back to the Future and all Pixar movies and Disney movies so oh yeah it rubs off my daughter uh, my daughter loves the classic Disney movies and ones that you wouldn't think she likes Peter Pan nice. and uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, stuff that um, so not just like the princess movies that someone exactly. would think that yeah yeah oh yeah she. She loves the princess movies, but when she, when Peter Pan comes over to her at Disneyland, she'll be like, "You're a codfish." <laughs> and nobody knows what she's talking about. <laughs> or she's walking the plank like Wendy. People are like, "What is she doing?" Uh, it's a long story. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. It rubs off. I also like to do woodworking, which is kind of, I think, is a uh, a one eighty from sitting in front of a screen and moving a mouse or building a scene, a virtual scene with virtual characters. It's, uh, it's hands-on. You're, you're, you actually can smell and touch the stuff that you're working with. Uh, I, I find that, you know, very grounding. It's, mm-hmm. I remember working in my first 3D thing in the computer not being able to touch the thing that you're trying to move around. And I would have claustrophobic dreams at night because I couldn't get in the computer and move it around. And I think, uh, you know, being able to work with your hands or something that's analog is, uh, is a nice break from the digital world. It'd be cool if there's ever like any advancement, like an animation where like you basically just wear like essentially like a nice uh, futuristic version of the Nintendo Power Glove, and you're just in there like molding the yeah. the CG model to essentially molding it like clay to animate it. So that that would be yeah. cool too. Yeah, I uh, it, it's all moving so fast. I can't uh, I can't imagine where it's going to be in the next even five years. <laughs> right. Yeah. We might be there one day. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't doubt it at all. So, uh, besides like the the uh, animation, like you do it, like your work. Is there any like projects, like animations that you're like working on in like your free time? Any like personal projects, or is it just you know you just like to go home and just you know spend time with your family? Um. Yeah. I I do so much at work that. It's nice to uh, be not do animation and get inspired by other things. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. One thing that I always tell people is if, and I've heard it myself. I'm not exactly sure who who it was, but and, and it might have been Glenn Keane. I think he always talked about if you want to if you want to be inspired for animation, don't go watch other animation. To make animation fresh, go watch a play go to mm-hmm. the theater go watch live action movies uh you know go take an improv class uh, go build a, uh, a maquette go um you know paint a picture get away from what you're trying to do and and feed 
that craft with other crafts, with other skills, with other uh, input. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. To where you're oh, not... Yeah. You're not doing this cycle of animation, inspiring animation, inspiring animation. It's it's great to see what everyone else is doing, but you're not going to do anything new by doing what somebody else did in animation. Yeah. Right. But if you, you know, create a character uh, based on <laughs> a, uh, you know, things you were inspired by from. Uh, making cookies. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. You know, uh, you, you never know where it's going to come from. So why not? Why not uh, invite it in from a bunch of different inputs? I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess the kind of last thing before we close out is like, how would, what would you recommend to maybe aspiring animators about how to maybe land a job at Disney or? what to do to keep advancing themselves forward so not to give up if they haven't gotten to where they want to be at. Yeah. Um, uh, there is so much animation out there. there uh, the studios are not the only way to get into this industry. Uh, the game industry is even bigger than all the studios put together. Uh, the, there are uh, television studios... Uh, there are uh, apps that you can right. animate for. Matt did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's so, there's so many uh, different ways to get into the industry, and by the industry, I mean all of animation. Uh, and there are so many great online schools now. Uh, you don't have to go. You don't have to just go to CalArts. You know, back in back back when I was young, <laughs> uh, we get uh, we get a lot of uh, animation mentor people, um, and it it's the I don't know the opportunities are so so much bigger now that uh, you can you can approach it from virtually virtually anywhere, um, and I would say. One thing when we look at reels uh, and resumes at, at Disney, we're looking for uh, that you have the basic principles down. Basic principles of animation and that you can show uh, acting, you can show physicality, and that you're doing stuff that... Um, this, this is such a hard concept, but I like to shoot a lot of live action reference mm -hmm. and I use that as the believability part, but then you have to animate something into that scene that could only be done in animation. Otherwise, why not just shoot it all in live action? So right. we want the believability with the cartoony, um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> uh, don't just animate life, animate uh, bigger than life, but it still has to remain believable. Uh, believable. I don't know. I like to see, <laughs> I like to see a scene where a guy is like, uh, 
drinking a drink. He starts choking. And all of this is, you know, uh, based on maybe live action reference. And then the choking and the falling down has stretch and squash in it and has that caricature of life that you couldn't get in uh, live action reference. Push it a little bit. Awesome. Um, and stay off of the comment section of the blogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm so, I, I don't read those anymore. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like, um, the, the people that comment on a movie in a blog and say, oh, this is going to suck. People, oh, yeah. people are always more willing to share their thoughts if it's negative rather than if it's positive about yeah, something. Yeah, and it's as if they're on there just to... Uh, Troll you. Yeah, just to smash someone's project that they've been working three and a half years on uh, because they don't like somebody who's attached to the project, you know, or anything like that. And I would say, be careful what you write because it's going to be out there forever. Right. And if you don't like what a studio or an artist or um, somebody is doing, uh, it could follow you. You might not get a job with somebody because of something that you wrote on here. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the, of the trolls. Yes. <laughs> Nor am I. It's an unnecessary part of, of the blogosphere. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I, and then I guess with closing out, where can everyone find you on the, the interwebs? I'm at Darren Butters on Twitter. Uh, don't Facebook me. Uh, <laughs> that's for my friends and family. And um, uh, that's, uh, that's about it. Awesome. Um, but if any student has any question uh, about anything, uh, I'm at uh, darren.butters at disney.com or disneyanimation.com. Either one of those will get to me. Um, but I'm, I'm open for questions or uh, suggestions. Um, but if you want to send me your reel, please send it to Disney Animation Studios' uh, website uh, because I can't really... I can't really look at anything. I would love to. Oh, believe me when I say I would love to see your stuff and submit it for you personally, but um, I I, I simply can't for legal reasons. But um, uh, submit your stuff and, you know, you never know. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, thanks for all the insight, you know, you've provided with us tonight. It's been, you know, awesome talking to you. It's great, you know, just hearing, like, the ins and out of, like, what you do at work in the studio. So you just we just want to say thanks for taking some time tonight and, uh, you know, coming out and helping us out interviewing. So thanks a lot. Well, yeah, thank you, Matt and Mark. And I'm so glad that uh, you guys are keeping this uh, uh, passionate um uh, love for animation and a forum where people can share that thanks awesome yeah thank you yeah if you ever want to come on again in the future you're more than welcome to come on so. i'll be on next week <laughs> okay <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right sir well we'll let you get to you know, the rest of your weekend that you have left all right thank you so much guys 
All right, so that's our show for the day. Don't forget you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I am at QuestPact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. Or you can follow the show at Animated Podcast. Uh, you can also feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so yet, we've only gotten eight entries of the of the 12 reviews on iTunes for the Paranorman Contest. Get those into us as quick as possible because we're going to be wrapping the contest up at the end of September. So if you haven't got them in by then, we're going to just be going from what, however many people have entered the, the, the Enter contest. Enter the contest! Yeah, because it's awesome stuff. Uh... So it's def- free stuff. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's free. You don't have to pay for shipping. That's us. And it's cool stuff. And then feel free to visit our site. We've updated it recently. It looks a lot better. We have a new sponsor on there, audible.com. Uh, you can check that out. You get a free audiobook just from going to the link from our site. Uh, maybe check out the, the Pixar Touch. That's a great book talking about how Pixar began and all of goings on basically up until I believe Wally is when the, the book was put out. So it's a pretty good book if you're interested in animation at all or Pixar in general. So definitely check it out. And then the last thing is you can check us out on Facebook and like us there. So for myself, I'm Mark Viver at Quest and our guest Darren Butters. Uh, thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Later. See you later. All those days chasing down a daydream. All those years living in a blur. All that time never truly seeing things the way they Now she's here, shining in the starlight Now she's here, suddenly I know If she's here, it's crystal clear Hey! Can you hear me? What the hell was that sound? What happened?